Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a body good quiz of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamble and Sidgwick. And gents, we are gathered here today to talk about the worst wrestlers ever. (laughs) (laughs) And this was inspired uh, by a brilliant article that is available right now at whatculture.com, ranking who was really the worst wrestler for every year between 1990 and and right now, 2021. Uh, Sid, you've been doing a few of these sorts of things. What's the catalyst for all this? Well, the catalyst for this list is that this series does really well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to have a little bit more of that. And I've been remarkably positive mm. about the, the lifespan of a millennial wrestling fan. 1990 to 2021. First got the WrestleMania 6 VHS. This is a very subjective thing. <laughs> all the way through to the husk of adulthood. I've done best debuts. I've done best entrances, best entrance themes. Hamflit's done some lists like this. And then I got to thinking, why not be a negative Nancy and get more numbers? <laughs> because as everyone, like, honestly, it's a niche racket, the positivity troll stuff. Mm. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we all just be happy wrestling fans because negativity does clicks and I'm shocked and disgusted with myself that I didn't put a negative spin on this theme, this series beforehand. And guess what? Sometimes I'm quite funny, so I thought I'd have some fun. This The date range is 1990 to 2021, isn't it? I'm quite surprised there's any bad wrestling risk because 1990 to 2021 has been a great time to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> Great times. I'm amazed you found anyone. Even like 2004. What a year. What would they have called Randy Orton in the halcyon days of 2002? (laughs) It'd be just as boring for all of our lives. (laughs) Uh, So let's start where we are right now, Sige. Who is the worst wrestler in 2021? Nia Jax. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Like, strictly speaking, if we are to analyse the strengths and weaknesses of a, of a pro wrestling performer on their fundamentals. Fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fundamentals on Nia Jax. You know who's got the worst fundamentals? Uh, Omos is the worst. Like Strictly speaking, Omos is the worst. He lacks entirely 
any working craft. I'm surprised he hasn't concussed anybody yet with that choke bomb that he does. His positioning is hilarious. <laughs> but when he hasn't been woefully exposed in singles matches, the man is very popular, tremendous presence. Look at him. He can do that which he can, and he's very limited very well. Kind of want to see him in real life. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's a draw. In he's a, sense. a draw. Yeah. People love him. Like, he works on that level. He has the excuse that after several years in the game, Nia Jax does not. And Nia Jax was doing loops years before the pandemic took hold. She's been doing house shows up the ass. And she's still totally and utterly unacceptably reckless. And the worst thing is, like, the thing that pisses me off about Nia Jax is, like, she will go full bore into her opponent. And, you know, the only reason why she's related to Pro Wrestling Royalty is because it's like Rockfall. Mm-hmm. In a cave-in under her fists <laughs> and her forearms and her ridiculously lax throws. It's one thing for her to very come very close to injuring somebody with an errant forearm. She doesn't know her own strength. When someone gets, like, annoyed, uh, oh, hang on, Naya, you might have took my head off there. I'm feeling a bit loopy. You've concussed me a little bit, Naya. That's not good. I might give you a bit of a receipt because you deserve that. She go, all right, well, the match is going to fall apart now then. <laughs> like, how dare you? Like, just if you've been a total oaf and you've knocked someone silly and they go, right, okay, have that. Get, get me on back here. Yeah. She'll go, all right, I'm going to make the match fall apart. Eh. And then she'll do that thing with her tongue, and she goes, uh. <laughs> and it's just like, if you're going to be unprofessional, like, uh, don't be a knob about it when you're being a knob. If you get called out for being a knob, just go, ah, I'm being an arsehole. Yeah. People should learn how to apologize. And if they don't, and they instead double doon on their recklessness and unprofessionalism, you just made the list. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot to get through here, so we're not going to stay on Nia Jax for too long. But, I mean, the the the, the series that she went through of taking taking out people, and there was that list and, like, Kyrie saying stuff. And, I mean, it wasn't Kyrie the one who literally said, no, I'm not set yet. And Nia was like, well, I am. <laughs> Which is the equivalent of you guys, like, packing the car and putting the, the wife and the kids in the car to go on holiday. You get in, they're still putting the bags in. You're like, well, I'm in, seatbelt on, see ya. <laughs> Ready, steady, go. You'd think, go. Ready, steady, steady as she goes. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> End of the turnbuckle, you go. I'm not comparing these two wrestlers, but I'm reminded, and it's we've all seen the gif, and we all have watched the match, uh, as gruesome as it is, of <laughs> Vader's, he's up, Ken. He's up, Ken. He's up, and Ken Shamrock spins in midair off that forearm that Vader gives him. Like Charlotte Flair tried that the other week on Raw with Nia Jax, and she's just like, he's up, like to the point where they're having a fight in the middle of a wrestling match, and it didn't stop there. I'm like, G'd up to Leon, boom! Yeah, just like that was it. Imagine Ken Shamrock firing back. What we should do a little bit as well, not to you know, you're the host, you can do what you want. But maybe go through some years and see if Hamlet shares the same one. Well, I was going to start the exercise and say there's still time if you want to compete for this title of the worst rest of 2021. You've still got a few months <laughs> left. Uh, but let's take uh, the last year, for example, Hamlet. You take a guess 
Worst wrestler. This is already, I picked this as well because it's going to get clicks and reaction online, this. Pandemic. Uh, a lot of people are bad. I mean, every, this is going to sound like we always have a go because we always do. Like, everything the Fiend in was rubbish. Like, all, apart from the 551 house, which would probably go on. Yay! <laughs> 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 oh, bless him. I mean, uh, you, like, uh, are you an excellent writer? But also, I like the fact that sometimes you can take that step back and go, I don't need to write, like, really in, in, in detailed explanations. This is just the bullet points of what the thing did in 2020. I'll let you explain it in a we second. We all the yeah. Firefly Funhouse match. All of us. Yeah. Collectively, uh, I think the wrestling fan base at large has come to accept it. And, like, not to blow our own trumpets like we always do with the podcast, but the day after WrestleMania, we were like, that, in a year's time, is going to be so much better received than the Boneyard match from the night before. One is art, one is Undertaker beating Nash and going dang bad. Because we're all going to be bored of this form, and the 5 5 announced match genuinely played with the form. Great. Like, a complete rule-proven exception of WWE's treatment of The Fiend. I think that, that, that was proven within the month of that match. I think it also speaks volumes that at the end of last year, we did a lot of, like, wrap-ups of, like, best and worst wrestlers, matches, or whatever the year, and... <laughs> We had a, a plenty to choose from with the fiend. Mm. Even you know the fiend stan accounts would admit, no. whatever that bollock. Well, yeah, no, but whatever that bollocks was. I mean, with things on, num- on numerous occasions with Braun Strowman, the one where he put the mask on the floor and then kicked it out of the way before he did a running power <laughs> slam onto it. The one where we had stock footage of crocodiles. I mean, where to begin? The swamp fight is just. This the other day on the five star review. If you don't listen to the raw review, and I understand why you wouldn't. Even we can't stomach some of Raw, so we do a five-star review where we review something old, short crap and wrestling related. It was our choice this week, and you went for Ultimate Warrior in the Mirror, and the point I was making was there was a time where these things were held up as, like, like iconically awful pro wrestling. You could eliminate the Ultimate Warrior in the Mirror for 10 Fiend things from 2020 alone. You could probably get 10 out of the Swamp Fight. You honestly could. That bit where he's tied to the chair. In ropes that don't even look like they're kind of like... But it's like, and, and, like and the fans online will be like... Yeah, the ropes were loose, but they were loose on purpose. Braun could have got up any time he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story, idiots. It's like, yeah, I'm the idiot. I'm a, all right. Awful. I mean, that's, it, that's one of many selections you've got here. I mean, the Goldberg match. It's just... <laughs> it's just so funny. When he stood up after the sphere. I'm actually fine, actually. <laughs> Lights off. God, me not. You, you lost. <laughs> you lost to a hip toss. Like It was barely even a jackhammer. It's like a snapmare takedown. How physically small did he look when the, the night after that, when he came out on the ramp and pointed at the WrestleMania signing as John Cena? Like, somehow, like, and to be fair, the jackhammer nearly did to The Undertaker. That jackhammer took six inches off his height because it's like, this fiend isn't a monster. He's a child in a mask, and, like, John Cena is going to have to help this child. If you take away the booking, which was apparently the problem, and I'm not convinced it was entirely, like, is, is Bray Wyatt, as a professional wrestler, has got this halfway impressive combination of speed and power. Like, when he does a lariat, he can snap into it. And a, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's a butt rock guy now. He probably will be an impact, so <laughs> LTST. Um, <laughs> even his brawls against Strowman were just rubbish. Turn-taking signatures, punches, and kicks with no sense of animosity. Sluggish, bad crap. And then he got beaten in 2021 in how long? Uh, WrestleMania? Five minutes? Yeah, a less, it was shorter than the, the worm maggots 
like mm. match from the WrestleMania the year, the year before. Then again, who could have prepared for that? Who could have prepared for that box-like structure? So, <laughs> uh, but from someone who was buried, watch this, lads, to the guy behind Raw Underground, Shane McMahon, Michael Sidgwick. I mean, was it a case sometimes of going? Well, this name needs to go in. I just need to find one of many years, and I assume this was uh, one of those. Where, Sorry, you know, there was a brief that, period. That segment was sick, sick, sick. That was sick. <laughs> there was a brief period where he did things. That were impressive, but then he just devolved into what we know now. It was way worse than 2019, but I picked him for 2018 because I needed a guy, and I can't think of anyone worse on some level. And it's a very, you know, fundament, fundamental, <laughs> important, fundamentally important level. Shane McMahon might be the worst professional wrestler of all time. What I mean by that is, if you just take his worked punches alone. He does one of two things, and both of them are the opposite of what one should do when throwing a work punch. Either he pathetically, visibly, entirely misses the target by trying... He thinks he's hard. I'm thinking the, like, legacy fight for that. Yeah. Is there uh, punches and bunches where none of them connect? Punches and bunches. Fight, punches yeah. and Nothing and nothing. <laughs> nothing and bunches. Yeah. He either misses it entirely to the point where it's like, well, this is fake. You stupid rich twat. Mm-hmm. Good, good save. Or you will do them so quickly that these guys emerge like dazed and looping. He's not daft, <laughs> but you can't see them because they don't have that visual snap of like a Bobby Eaton. It's not like the bruise in three days' time is really going to be worth that. Yeah, like you don't get it in the moment, do you? The only time we realised it, I think, was when was it Survivor Series where Jericho was like, "Calm the down." <laughs> so on that level, he's possibly the worst wrestler ever, not just of twenty eight. He has got such a poor grasp of character and realism behind the character because when he goes hold for hold and move for move with AJ Styles, it's like, I guess if you're going to practice that for three weeks and you're going to train specifically for that emulation, it's halfway impressive. But what does that say about wrestling training and experience and going around the world if you can just pretend to do it because you're rich and you've got a spot? It just disgraces the whole idea that these people are really honed and experienced if you're doing an impression. That pisses me off. Oh, I got so wound up. Like, uh, sorry to cut across you there, but I got so wound up for, a, for this sort of time period, perfect sort of time period, where people would be like, oh, I don't think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are that impressive. I mean, all they do is perform week after week, whereas, you know, look at Shane McMahon. He turns up for one of the four big shows, jumps off something big, and then goes away for six months. It's like, well, yeah, anyone can do that. Yeah. Just jumping off stuff. And as well, it was... Depends on your perspective. But it was quite an alarming experience watching Shane McMahon wrestle because, as I've said before, he wrestles as if he's in the throes of death from autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> like he looks like he's being strangled to death when he's working a wrestling match. And you know what? He probably got on, off on it. Mm. <laughs> so it's not that bad an analogy. And I just love the fact that, I mean, you know, we've, we've got a checkered history with previews here, guys. We'll maybe preview something for Raw and then it gets pulled from the show. Or we'll maybe preview a pay-per-view on a Thursday and then Friday night... After we've all gone home, they'll announce a huge change, for example. But none of us called Shane McMahon being crowned the best wrestler in the world because he wasn't in the in tournament. He wasn't there. It was like Ziggler and Miz, wasn't it, in the final? And then someone went down, and then he had to replace them and went, well, I mean, and it informed a story eventually, but I guarantee that wasn't like LTST. But before Hamlet talks, I want to say one thing about this specific thing. It pissed me off so much. Yes, it was about time he turned heel. But at the same time, the whole idea that he was the best in the world 
It was like a metagag because he's rubbish. Everyone knows fundamentally, fundamentally, he's rubbish. So why did I watch the last uh, three years of his career? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I do that last two years of his career? And he didn't thinking he was could beat the Undertaker or AJ Styles. If he's so rubbish that it's a joke, why don't piss on my intelligence? And he he didn't turn heel winning the tournament. He won it as this baby face. You know what? I think was it Miz tweaked his knee or something. Yeah. You know what, Miz? I'll step in for you, and we'll win it together. And then, then he eventually in, that informed his heel turn. It was the inciting event before the heel turn. That he had to get with Miz to eventually turn heel on Miz. And that's what pisses me off about that. Because we've talked about this quite a lot. You will sometimes get to February, March time, and your favourite wrestler, pick one from six, mm. still hasn't got a WrestleMania match or even a clue as to what that direction might be. We've said this over and over again. In this case, it was Saudi Arabia. Shane McMahon's name was on the whiteboard in October. They were like, Dad, what we got for me at WrestleMania? It's only October, son. I know, but I'm quite liking the look of the Miz. All right, fine. Yeah, we'll get this on the go in Saudi. Like, that is preposterous. And then didn't he win at Mania? Yeah, he went over. He got suplexed off the truss, but he got the win. I, briefly, otherwise, yeah, we could go ages on all of these. Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles, to me, is one of the most infuriatingly overrated matches of all time. Yes. I am, like, livid when I see praise towards this match, and I, I have to stop myself being my condescending worst self and, like, bollocking somebody on Twitter, like, in that, like, Statter and Waldorf tone, because I'm just like, think about what you are watching. It plays to everything you've said about that privilege, about just once a year can come out and do this thing. Shane McMahon cannot physically be a mirror of every single person he wrestles, otherwise he makes a mockery of the entire company. That match, if it's, if it is anything at all, is like AJ Styles' mastery. If it is anything. And even then, if you watch it, there's less than zero psychology to it. The whole the whole sort of message is that, like, Shane McMahon is not the worst wrestler of all time. Can you believe it? Well, if that's your sales pitch and you require, at that time, arguably, like, the best in the world to do it, then don't tell me that this is a great piece of work because it is not. And it opened. It's that thing that I, I like. On both sides, I used to criticise Cody for picking his favourite spot on the pay-per-views. It op- Shane knew. Don't Cody in the way. Sorry, but I'm like, if Shane's thinking, if I'm going to pull off looking like a good wrestler, what's the best spot for me to do that in? It's the first one of the night. A hot opener, the work rate opener. Yeah. And shouldn't we be particularly aware of this, considering what's going on in AEW right now with a certain someone? Wasn't this also the time where it's like, AJ, we're taking the world title off you months before WrestleMania. But don't worry, you got Shane at the big show. Am I right? He was WWE champion at the start of the year, wasn't he? Or around that time. Uh, yeah, you got to be off scene. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. And also, just a quick note on Shane. We've shot on him, but this one, one more, one more, please, sir. Uh, I distinctly remember that one where the video package where he was training, it must have been for Taker, I assume, for the lag box, what, LTST. Um, and they had the temerity to have him training with the guy, you talked about this before when you talk about my weird MMA knowledge, John Jones' trainer. Now, John Jones is a bad person outside of an octagon. Not Don't talk about that. Inside an octagon, he's in there for the discussion of the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Picture going into training with him, who are like 20-something, like youngest, one of the youngest champions ever, pulls out, starts his, his title fight with like a flying knee, right, and just does insane things. Shane coming in, tucking in his T-shirt so his big tummy doesn't come out. What a load of bollocks. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Anyway, uh, like, let's continue the game, Hamlet. We'll take you back to 2017. And we'll I'll go you... to the 90s soon. Yeah, we'll go to the 90s. Thank you. So it's Hamlet and Sidgwick podcast. We're going go to the... <laughs> we'll go to the 90s. We'll take you back to 2017, though, and I'll, I'll set the scene for you with the help of Michael Sidgwick's brilliant writing. Uh, Omega Okada 1 happened this year. What was going on in WWE at the time, and who possibly could be the, the worst wrestler of 2017? 2017. I say I started... Writing full time for What Culture in 2017, so I've got like a lot of fond memories because I just associate with wrestling. I can't believe I get to do this. We started podcasting together in late 2017. Mm. Um, what was particularly rubbish? Jinder had a belt. Yeah, hey. two for two. Yay. <laughs> right, and I'm saying that because I'm sure there was other candidates. Sidgwick, like genuinely, I thought of like six, seven, 2017 things there. I thought of Bray Wyatt in the wedding dress, and I thought he's not going to done Bray twice. He can it. I uh, I thought of Bolognese Bray. Bolognese <laughs> <laughs> Bray. I thought two Bray Wyatt moments. I thought, but he's not going to do it. And then I think genuinely, 2017, 2018, my memories of WWE are quite nice because there was a lot of good. It was still WWE, but there's like a lot of good stuff. Kurt Angle, The Shield, Dad, like lots of really fun memories. Great Survivor Series, and yeah, like I just remember didn't have the belt for ages, and like and he had the same match. Three nights, it became one, and Triple H went over at one house show that didn't even have a full house. <laughs> that was that was the net gain of Jinder's title run. Not I'm cool. sure there were worse wrestlers on a technical level somewhere. Yeah. Possibly in the same company. But on this, I cheated for this one. The worst wrestler in the spot was a main event level championship caliber talent. He won the belt. He didn't have to get that much better, did he? And that was what was annoying about Jinder. He didn't have to get a load better. He just needed to get a bit better. You need to get a you bit... You have a moveset. 
Yeah. He was a jobber two weeks before. He needed to get just good enough to sustain that initial reaction of our oh, Christ gender. Let's <laughs> performatively <laughs> boo him and hopefully put an end to this ridiculously transparent and cynical experiment. So that was like on a meta level, there was a reaction to the start of all of his matches. And then he just ran through the most punishingly boring, generic routine. So unbelievably create a wrestler with no aura, no ability to manipulate that crowd, just following instructions that he'd heard in the first six months of wrestling school to the goddamn letter. Couldn't do his own finish at SummerSlam. <laughs> the most witless of cheap heat things. Was the racist stuff against Nakamura that he went over twice? Unbelievable. It's like I say, it's the same match. It was always, like you say, boring 15 minute or so match. Sing Brothers Distraction, Calas, one, two, three. That happened with Randy. I just didn't remember that because I was on I was on holiday in Dominican Republic where the time difference was sufficient that I could actually watch a WWE pay-per-view at a reasonable time, if I remember rightly. And I remember watching Backlash, was it, or whatever it was that where he won the title. And <laughs> I think I think I even had a tweet going, Oh well, you know, at least we'll have we'll always have the memory and the bit where he stole the title when he didn't even have it and drove off in his limo. I had that tweet ready to send at the moment we got the RKO one, two, three, and then he hit the glass one, and I went, what? And then <laughs> and then you go, oh, okay, it was dumb, but I suppose it's a way to start Shinsuke Nakamura's world title reign, and then he just beat him twice, and that was that. I've got really, really fond memories of Jinder Mahal's um, first WWE title win. And that's because Twin Peaks, the return, premiered on that <laughs> very same night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and the good thing is, he hasn't changed, has he? I mean, he, he came back and we're getting all the bloody, ooh, 3MB stuff. And it, it was just the exact same copy-paste moveset, like you say. Yeah. Fair play to him. He got like a five-year deal in 2019 or something, didn't he? Yeah. Fair play to him. Uh, right, you wanted to go back in time. So, Michael Sidgwick, what were we doing in 1994? <laughs> 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 In 1994, we were having an absolutely amazing time. Yep. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Razor, one, two, three, kid. Bret, one, two, three, kid. The click tag. All of the Action click. Zone, oh, 94. God. Unbelievable. Nobody was watching but me and Cedric, but it was good. <laughs> we also did have... Here's what happened, right? Feds ruined everything. <laughs> Feds ruined everything. So you weren't allowed your big muscle bodies. And what does Vince McMahon like? Loves muscle bodies. Like more than Macron, it's always sunny. Like he just <laughs> loves them. Like he absolutely loves them, right? So he thought, right, okay. Well, I can't have my six foot three, four, 300 pound shredders. So instead, I can get incredibly tall and, and incredibly obese talents. So we had Gonzalez. We had... Mabel. We had Nash, except he was good after a certain year of his career. And we also had Bastian Booger. <laughs> Hamlet, tell us about Bastian Booger and I'll follow up your thoughts. Uh, Bastian Booger was fat. Um, Vince McMahon's disgust for him was a, something that obviously Vince himself wanted to be able to express on camera, and he found a vehicle with which to do it in the form of Bastion Booger. His music was farts and burps. It was like... 
wasn't it? Oh, yeah, like, fa- like that, well, that was it, like appalling. Cocking a loogie or whatever it's called. All that sort of stuff. He would, um, it was in the period where, uh, so it was 1993, yeah, Bobby Heenan had left in late 1993, so Vince went through like a cycle of guest commentators, and he would often get him on just to like sit and eat at the desk, and you would just hear like... <laughs> Will Bourne loves it! <laughs> Will Bourne absolutely loves it! Guess he's going straight up the network. Like, what? <laughs> just, what was that month again? I, like, I, I, I probably won't watch it. Like, you're just hearing like... <laughs> I'm not even going to do it down the microphone because I hate it when people yeah. do it on podcasts, but you know, like f- eating noises down a microphone and that. And it was just v- like playing like Vince's like opportunity to have a go, but also that he loves that disgusting comedy. There is a, so this was 94, wasn't it? I would argue like the worst sort of an easily accessible crime of this character is in the 1993 infamous Survivor Series match where even Vince himself is going, this is like a cartoon. And it's like, I know. (laughs) He's distracted by a turkey being held out and he just, he's walking towards it and then he gets rolled up because it's a roll up because he just wants to, he just wants to eat the turkey. It's it's like, honestly, a Looney Tunes cartoon. And he couldn't do anything. His finisher, you know, when um, larger wrestlers sit down on their opponent off a sunset flip attempt. And the kind of the magic of the moment is it's like, it's really easy to believe. Like they just like they sit down. It's, it's a bit funny. There's a whole percussion element to it, isn't there? Where they kind of like land on the bum, the legs go up a little bit and you can just like feel the wind getting knocked out with the person underneath. This was like, he, like, he dropped to his knees and it was like, you're doing a fat guy teabag on somebody. Like it was just <laughs> like, and, and the whole idea was his gusset stinks. So it wasn't like it was just, you've got his cock and balls in your mouth. It was like, you've got his smelly taint. Like <laughs> you are, you are downed by this disgusting Down. man's, <laughs> you have been bested by this disgusting man's disgusting taint. Like, <laughs> I mean, I would get subdued by it, to be honest. And I would really get subdued by that. And we're it. <laughs> and the thing is, did they call a trip to the Batcave? Or the back. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't know, but laughs> that might be like you know, like those fan-imposed finisher names. Oh, there's picture of them flying out. You know, there's like fan-imposed like nicknames and stuff. Yeah. Or like for tag teams, like sometimes WWE didn't call it that. You just called oh, it. Attack was never said on air. Yes, things like that. So maybe it might be that. But regardless, Bat Cave is. Oh, you've got uh, some bats in the cave. You've got some snots in your nose. And he was called Bastian Booger. But realistically, they might as well call them Bastian Cum because that's, <laughs> that's what he was doing. His gear was all great. Like they shaped his, he had like a demolition top half thing, right? So like- I guess he looks like, he looks like Karrion Cross wearing white Straps all over. But on the back, like go back and have a look if you can find an image. They shaped them a certain way to make it look like he had a hump. And how, what? They, how they arrived back upon tits. that was- Aye, they pushed his back tits into a V-shape with his gear. <laughs> you type in Bastion Booger hump, you will see oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't... Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Percy Watson over here. <laughs> oh, there he is. There's been, oh, sorry, I'm just Googling photos of him now. He's, he's, he's getting interviewed by Vince McMahon. I think he's having a pie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk Alex also. <laughs> yeah, there he is. He's got what? his headset on and he's having two hot dogs. <laughs> Double parked. Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um... Right, I'm going to make it a little bit harder for you now. I'm going to take you all the way back, Hamlet. See if you can guess who the worst wrestler was in 1991. I think I might know the answer to this. And if I don't, then Cedric's changed his mind or been kind to somebody. Because over the desks the other day, Michael Cedric made one of the best comparisons I've ever heard for a wrestling move. If I bark at the wrong tree here, it's too late now because I'm in too deep. 
I'll ask. Is it IRS? It's, hang on. No, dear, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's, on. he's on this list, but you can talk about it. Jesus Christ, this changed my in life, right? We both agreed IRS just bore the tits out of us at every possible age. As a kid, it's like, oh, Christ, IRS. As an adult, you're, like, supposed to appreciate how he really, like, cinches in the chin lock, and it's like, I'm still bored. I'm still <laughs> bored. And then, like, I, you watch these things a hundred million times. Sidgwick compared this low centre with which IRS hits the ropes to Del Boy falling through the bar. <laughs> That's a great show. And it, like... Like, all of a sudden, it's like I've been watching wrestling in black and white and suddenly it looked like NXT 2.0. Like, everything was in colour. Because not only is it like this, you're falling too far. It's the effort to get back up looks so cumbersome. Like, he just flops down with this elbow or whatever he's doing. It's like, it takes him like eight months. You ever seen Louis Three running the ropes? Like that yes. And he's just making those uh, uh, noises because he's doing like 50 steps and he's supposed to do it in three. Like, RS can't take another step. So he has to swing his leg around and it just looks a complete state. All I've done is watch IRS hitting the ropes ever since. Like, so it's not him in night. Well, I know who it is then. It's not get the table. It's flip the table, isn't it? Because he's like, it's fucking Oz, isn't it? It is Oz. And I mean, like, look. I'll be honest, right? When I started a what culture, I didn't know Oz. I had no idea. I sort of, it was a, a black hole of my knowledge. And I remember very early on, I did something, you know, Kevin Nash or Jason, and they were like, yeah, blah, 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 Diesel, et cetera, et cetera. Oz. And I was like, what's this? Oz. He's what? Talk us through it. But. Well, you know, I make no secret of the fact that I love everything that there is to love about Kevin Nash. And I just, I get a bit pissy sometimes because I was there first, right? I was. And like, he's this really popular guy now. Obviously, he comes across amazing on Twitter. People love going back and rewatching the party years of Kevin Nash. But his work from the night is stacks up as well. Like his stuff against Brett and Sean and like everybody in the clique and like not just that he was carried by his friends and Bret Hart like he had he was a huge star in WCW and I'll defend going over Goldberg for certain reasons even if there were bigger disastrous ones however wrestling should always be about protecting a guy's limitations and he was sent out there to die as Oz not just because the character was a complete disaster like it was this shambolic are uh, like we've got we've just colorized the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> so we need the character on on Turner. That like that's the truth, right? So like we need a, a, a living embodiment of that, and it's a terrible gimmick and it's a terrible character. But he was, <laughs> it's pretty green. <laughs> He's like, it's just he he couldn't do a lot, and he shouldn't have needed to. Like Cedric has mentioned, Omos Nash would have been a better Omos in 1991. So just do the Omos stuff because you're. Warren Reynolds are already loads better than Omos's, but they asked a lot more of him. He had to work 10-minute TV matches. He was like one of the guys that they would send over to Japan sometimes. For Christ's sake. <laughs> like, are you trying to hijack a business agreement? Like, the, it was just, I, like, it's more, for me, personally, and I say this with all the biases that I know I have, this feels more of a criticism levied against WCW for not observing the rules of the industry and trying to protect what you've got rather than expose it. I want to get through as many as we can here, Sid. So let's jump to the late 90s. Uh, you know, a great time to be a wrestling fan, something like to say. <laughs> uh, 1999, who was the worst wrestler that year? One answer, no follow-up, because I've got a take on this guy. But I want to hear yours, because it's so hard to encapsulate why he was so rubbish. 1999? I don't know. Um... He's written, never has a wrestler simply moved so bizarrely. 
You know, even Hamlet knows I've got a thing about the way wrestlers move. If yeah. you don't move right, I cannot get on board with you. And this goes to wrestlers who are critically acclaimed. It's not who I thought it was going to be then. Who do you think it was? I thought it was going to be The Undertaker because of how awful he was. Like, Nobody makes we, an appearance. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to him in a second. We, we drove out into the desert and I ate a snake and I said, nice try, big man, but I, I don't sleep. I don't <laughs> sleep even when I had too much boom tang by. Uh, <laughs> I don't sleep because I'm too busy <laughs> trying to preserve the integrity. <laughs> Big Show's face. What? <laughs> 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 so a guy's gone. He's gone. You have to tell him who it is. It's Midian. Oh my god! <laughs> the thing is, right, Midian. I, was, I always remember he just he looked. His body looked awful. <laughs> 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 Fine when you're a big farmer in dungarees. Yeah. yeah but when you're trying to be like a supernatural scary guy. I love the, the inherent flaw with the ministry. It's like, Undertaker. Fine, you want to take over WWE. You want to be this dominant like figure. Why are all your wrestlers crap, pal? Like, <laughs> like big rubbish wrestlers. Do you think he's like the, you love this thing. The Meg off, the last thing they put next to Meg on Family Guy. Hey, do you Oh, love yeah, yeah, yeah. He put these out for the biggest sacks of generic crap ever. So he looked even better. <laughs> Crush. Midian. Gotta get me Mabel. <laughs> so like, I'm thinking, I remember Midian being so awful, but how do I describe how awful he is? So I watch, I uh, type in Midian, WWF on YouTube, and the very first match I watch, I swear to Christ, he's a wrestler who was never told, oh, but it's all on your back, son. Your left foot, but also <laughs> your back. You take your bumps on your back. Why? Bigger surface area. That means you're spreading and minimizing the pain. And you get the best bloody traction off the ropes as well. He take he runs onto the ropes armpit first. And I was oh, like, does that oh, not hurt? Does that not hurt? So I watched him in a match against who was it? Someone rubbish. I, I, it's boss man. I, I, I think that was my first epiphany. If awesome wrestling could be rubbish. <laughs> you when you're younger, you have this thing where it's like, oh, that wrestling's great. I remember watching Midian and Bossman. I think this is. <laughs> I was watching Minion versus Bossman for research purposes, and my God, he takes the ropes with his armpit, and I'm thinking that's got to hurt. He does it to set up the spot where Bossman's giving him a big boot, and he somehow bumps on his knees. You stupid bastard! That's gonna really hurt, and it looks like. And as I put it in the thing, it's as if he missed the first few months of wrestling school, didn't get this core bit about it, and learned to run before he could walk, and then never learned how to run. Oh, so spot on. But he became a very successful chef afterwards. Yeah, I wrote about that recently. Like, he, tr- he went, like, he reached for the, like, sky with it. He went training at, like, this really fancy restaurant in his local town. He's, like, the real deal, I think. Fair play. Good Maybe we'll, one, we'll go and visit him one day. Uh, After fi- this. Final. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, we're not going to get a free dinner, are we? <laughs> He's going to give us one of the buckets of the Godwin slop. <laughs> you know that. Uh, we'll get to The Undertaker as the final one here. Um, I, I, I can't even like decide what year. I'm so excited. Could be yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll flip yes, reverse, actually. Yeah, I'll flip get him to guess the year. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you 2015 as a penultimate person. And I'll narrow it down even more for you to NXT. The golden years, surely. Say, Solomon Crow. No. That finisher. <laughs> <laughs> he bounced himself on the top rope. Remember the meme, the gif reply of that last going down the slide? She goes, bye-bye, and then just goes down the <laughs> yes. That's That was the Salomon Crow finish. 
2015 NXT. I mean, I just am in love with everybody from that, with the exception of Solomon Crow. And then he got released. Main roster call up now, of course. Oh, 2015. You'll I kick. Your, you'll kick. Your, you'll kick yourself, which is what this performer somehow contrived to do almost half of the time. Eva Marie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bless her. I, and even I like still had like one of the most fun TV matches of the year because Bailey's that good. Yeah, <laughs> they literally, you've told me about this. They literally went along the, the idea of, I mean, there's a TV series now. What if, what if Eva Marie defeated this incredibly over women's champion? Oh, I, I kind of, Cedric, you said something on Twitter about this. Like I, NXT 2.0, I kind of cope with the idea that like, all of NXT 1.0 is from like 2014 to 2021 inclusive. Yeah, I, I kind of have that. Like we need a middle, don't we? Like that's I'm not having that. Like Bailey versus Eva Marie is in the same like life as Takeover 36. It's just <laughs> I've seen millions of quote unquote. Oh, it's a good four star TV match on NXT. None of them were anywhere near as good as Bailey versus Eva Marie. No. In terms of the story, in terms of drama, the drama, the panic. <laughs> well, none of that was down to Eva Marie. I know she was hopeless and she still is. <laughs> Absolutely. An all time carry job. All time. Like, she, her stuff looked weak. She was literally, visibly led around the ring by her opponents. She was woefully exposed working a sequence, let alone a match. And those matches only went three minutes. And I'm researching one of these matches. Do you even Marie NXT 2015 just to make sure she's as bad as I thought? And she whips, I think it's Mandy Rose, someone. Whips them into the corner, right? Just stands still and she's lost. Doesn't know where to go. And I'm thinking, try the corner, love. <laughs> that's where you've just put her. <laughs> Happened, didn't it, with um, was it Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans? Where, like, Charlotte had to chase her in the corner and call a spot into her ear. Is that the match earlier this yeah. year? Yeah. Like, if you're supposed to come and get us. Like, that's the deal. Isn't it? It's like, I know there's literally no fans, but, like, you're supposed to come after me. Ridiculous. Surprised that Lacey Avians isn't on this list. <laughs> mm. uh, right, let's conclude with The Undertaker, which for some people may be a bit of a surprise inclusion. He's a legend Yay. after all, but I'm going to let you try and guess the year that he went in for. And if you get it wrong, I'll tell you who was the person who got it that year. Just in seconds, I've just I've got my... Don't do it yet until I get my finger over the soundboard. Okay. So, I mean, I could do the bit, couldn't I? So, 1992, 1993, <laughs> Um... I'm trying to think of the ones we've already done. 1995 would be cruel because he was had some like lugs. And 99, I would have think I'd have gone the undertaking. I'd have been tempted to go 99. Uh, 2001. No, dear, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was that you're very close. That was chronic. Yeah, he only had one match, but it was and he was they were there because of the Undertaker. Yeah, uh, and I've managed to bury the Undertaker three times in relation to different entries on this list. 2004. No, dear, that's wrong. Concrete Crypt and the Dudleys and Bradshaw. That uh, was the uh, the uh, the negative Undertaker, Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> As I wrote my entry, Mordecai in 2004, there was a big bid to replace the Undertaker or like give him a nemesis, but I already said it didn't work because the Undertaker was white enough. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more guess, here's a clue or a hint towards it. This is contentious, and even I, halfway through the entry, thought, oh, well, that was good. Ooh, so this isn't going to be it. And I was going to go with, but I because I don't think we've had this very recent year, but this is not going to be my answer now. I would have said 2018. No, dear, that's wrong. The Saudi catastrophe, and we just... I don't, oh, no, it was Shane. It was 2018. It wasn't 20, oh, 
you love him as much as anybody in the, the really great run. Yes. It should go, yeah, because there'll be listeners who I think are arseholes right now. Streak taker, prime streak taker. I'll go great. with then because the matches with Austin and Kane mostly stunk after the first one of each. I'll go with 98. No, dear, that's wrong. I mean, I love it. <laughs> is, it be- is it better that we keep getting these wrong? Like, yeah, that? It's, a bit, it's a good bit. <laughs> Do one more. One I'm more. trying to justify Kurgan was 98. Oh, oh, you told me you were right about Kurgan. Um, I'm running out of You've been so close. You've been in and around it. It's contentious, and people will think, well, no, hang on, you did this with this guy, and that was great. But the stuff before... I'll go with because I'm, I'm reminded of, like, the SummerSlam match where, like, he fought... Um, he beat up Albert and was like, I'm saving Sable for my best friend, Stephanie McMahon. I'll go with 2003, like big evil arsehole. No, dear, that's <laughs> Nathan Jones. Yeah, in a match with The Undertaker. You said I'm, every year around I'm, it, basically. I'm training him up. What, 2002? Yay! Hey! Now, the triple threat banged, didn't it? Angler Rock. But uh, Triple H, King of the Ring. And That's basically the way I Jesus did it. Christ, <laughs> like the Rick, uh, like Ric Flair, like aberration at WrestleMania He's when everything thing. else should have been rubbish. He probably did more good than bad. It was probably his best year of a woeful stretch in his career. Best year of the badass, maybe. Best year of that woeful stretch of the Attitude Era and early ruthless aggression. It's the same thing. Mate. I will never forgive the Undertaker for that match with Triple H, King of the Ring, as oh, long God, as I live. Yeah, totally agree. Nor will I forgive the Undertaker. For that match with Steve Austin in 2001. Yes. 27 minutes. For the Ric Flair foot on the rope finish. Like offensively bad. The thing about WWE's decline in popularity. There are two incredibly just overwhelming reasons why WWF fell off a cliff. That is, Rock and Austin were mishandled and then they both left. Well, Austin was mishandled and left. Rock left. The invasion was botched. Turning Austin heel, that's the reason why. But as much as people go on, as well they should, about Triple H's reign of terror really hammering the message home of you do not need to watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you watched it in school. Now that you're in college and uni, do something else. Go out there and touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> it's the idea of watching Triple H in 2002 and 2003, it's Gone. Undertaker in the first half of 2002 is legitimately like, oh, oh, this is rubbish and dull and boring. I'm not going to watch this anymore. He's underrated in that regard. He's reign of terror adjacent in how dull his work was, how oppressively long those boring matches were, and how much like, oh, this is rubbish now. He was the first and only guy. Uh, in Brock Lesnar's amazing rookie year to put a thumb on him for a minute. The Rock couldn't have done more for him at SummerSlam. Yeah. And then they wrestled at Unforgiven and the pay-per-view ended, if you remember, oh with Undertaker God. throwing Brock through the set after a count-out. He put him over at Hell in a Cell at No Mercy. It was great. Month, and it was really good. And the idea is, obviously, they did And, you know, like, good faith. They were setting it up. So, fine. Like, they've set up this big, like, elevation of Brock, I guess. But that was, like, he made him look so smooth because it was just, like, just... Picked up like a piece of garbage and the unforgiven, like the big unforgiven mm. like word on the wall, and like Brock disappeared from view through this sign. And it was like, God, the dead man's still here. Like he's he's not as old as we thought he was <laughs> when they were saying decade of distress. He's actually pretty young. Look, he wears a bandana. Like the aye. Paper mache. <laughs> it's 
Screw The Undertaker, man. Big like, evil. Like, oh, just, like, normalise bashing The Undertaker. Yes, so please. He's an arsehole, IRL. Like, I know he's the conscience of the locker room, and if you don't respect Take, you don't respect this business. But, like, that's, a re- that's the same We're wrestling. To, here. To, to <laughs> talk about how great Randy Orton is. Like, what wrestlers don't know is what it's like to be a fan. They don't, because they're in it. Like, I do, and I watched a lot of terrible Undertaker matches over my lifetime. Like, just normalise bashing him. If, if people love him, that's fine too, but we get a lot of that. Normalise thinking The Undertaker was garbage. Well, let us know your thoughts on the worst wrestlers ever on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... Really enjoy this, lads. M Sidgwick. There's <laughs> a lot of fun, this. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. And check out this whole article that's available right now at whatculture.com, ranking who was really the worst wrestler every year from 1990 to 2021. Uh, One final thing. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Which wrestler was it who was the worst wrestler in the year 2000? That's the wall, brother. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Get the Table, my thanks to the Dudley Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.